few weeks ago, a Ukrainian fertility clinic popular with international clients uploaded a video to YouTube entitled Surrogacy, Babies Are Waiting for Their Parents. It went viral. Oh, my God. It's a room and the camera is moving around this room and there's row after row after row of babies in plastic tubs. It looks like a farm. Every day they spend some time with the children in the open air and bathe them. There are 46 children at our hotel. And they're all swaddled up. And there's some nurses in blue gloves and masks. They are babies from America, Italy, Spain, Britain, China, France, Germany. There is just no way that all, all of the babies could be seen to when they're crying at the same time. There are people going in there trying to put dummies in their mouths. It's difficult for us, but we handle it well. We show babies to their parents online and our managers arrange video calls. The women who carried these newborns gave them up moments after they were born. But COVID-19 meant the baby's biological parents were barred from coming to Ukraine to collect them. It's heartbreaking to see how parents miss their little ones. We wish they were allowed to pick up their children soon. As soon as I saw the video, I wanted to find out more. I'm Jenny Kleeman. I'm an investigative journalist and host of The Breakfast Show on Times Radio, Friday to Sunday. You're listening to a special edition of Stories of Our Times. Today, inside the world of international commercial surrogacy in the age of COVID-19. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Hello, Olga. It's Jenny Kleeman here calling you from The Times. How are you? Um, hi, Jenny. I'm, I'm well. I was just... Olga Pisano works with a Kiev-based surrogacy agency, one of many that caters to international clients. Since India and Thailand closed their borders to fertility tourists over the past five years, Ukraine has emerged as the go-to destination for cut-price surrogacy services. I'm an intended parent partner, which means that I am the first point of contact when, you know, intended parents or people who are researching surrogacy get in touch with us. And 
you've got a range of clients from different countries, don't you? Tell me about that. So, yes, we have uh, intended parents, you know, based internationally. We have a lot of intended parents from Ireland, from countries like Sweden, Denmark. Some come from China, some come from the US, Brazil. So pretty much all over the globe, really. In many of the countries Olga mentions, commercial surrogacy is illegal. In the UK, we only permit women to carry babies for altruistic reasons. They're not allowed to make a profit from being a surrogate. This means the pool of surrogates is small and drives many parents to look for a surrogate overseas. I take a lot of uh, pride in doing this and especially I've always dreamt of attending birth, just kind of witnessing the miracle of birth. And when, uh, as part of this job, when I first went into the delivery room and I saw how it all happens and how the intended mother gets to hold her child for the first time, you know, this moment is just, it's absolutely breathtaking and, and unforgettable, really. Babies born to surrogate mothers around the world. Coronavirus travel restrictions make it impossible for many parents to bring those children home. In this clinic in Ukraine, there are dozens of babies waiting to be claimed. Due to COVID-19 border restrictions, the babies were born and stuck in Ukraine. In the last few months, COVID-19 has meant parents have had to make hard choices about when to travel if at all. Even if there are no commercial flights or, you know, if there are different situations, we'll still make sure we'll do everything in our power to allow these intended parents to come in. You know, even during the lockdown, for example, it mainly depended on where uh, the intended parents come from. So, for example, countries like the UK, Sweden, Ireland, US, their embassies have been very helpful in assisting the intended parents to get into Ukraine. I know that the international community has seen images out of Ukraine of, of babies in hotels, you know, large banks of, of unclaimed babies. How do you feel about the fact that people know that there have been issues with surrogacy in Ukraine because of, of the lockdown? Well, I think as terrible as the situation is for the intended parents who are not able to be there for the birth or to hold their babies for the first time, I mean, I feel for them and I think it's a terrible situation. This is obviously pretty predictable because when there were obviously pregnant surrogates with inevitable birth in the coming months, so when the lockdown came into place, we kind of understood that this was going to happen because, of course, babies are born in Ukraine to surrogate mothers on a daily, weekly basis. So it's just such a shame that, as I said, there are some countries that are very loyal and their embassies assist, but there are other countries which are they're not great and they don't help their intended parents, like France, for example. I feel for the intended parents, but I believe the babies. In that particular video, they looked like they were looked after. There were nannies there. The hotel, although it's a hotel, it's a hotel which belongs to this particular clinic. So it's not like there were other people there or people just staying at a hotel as a, as in a normal understanding of what a hotel is. Mm. So uh, in that particular case, it's just a shame that also Ukrainian government wasn't able to kind of react faster, perhaps. But I think with this video going so viral, some measures were introduced by the government and we saw that a lot of people from Argentina were able to come in since then to meet their babies, a lot of intended parents from other countries as well. 
It's interesting hearing you talk about it because the way you describe it, it sounds like the issue is a diplomatic issue to do with letting intended parents in the country rather than a problem with the fertility industry. Well, that's what I think. Ukraine is legal if it's a gestational surrogacy. You know, the intended parents are considered the legal parents of a child from the moment of conception. When the baby is born, the intended parents' names go on the birth certificates. And I think Ukraine has one of the best legal climates for surrogacy in the world. Should we talk to Victoria now? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Victoria is one of the surrogates Olga works with. She's pregnant and due to give birth in only a few weeks. You're going to be translating? Yes, Olga. yes, I will. Yes. Victoria, could you tell me what led you to become a, a surrogate? Hello, my name is Victoria. I'm 28 years old and I have two sons, two biological sons of my own. Their ages is nine and seven. Before I've decided to become a surrogate, I was self-employed and I was making bedding, different types of bedding. What drew you to become a surrogate? So after getting a divorce from her ex-husband, Victoria was left with two uh, children of her own in a rented apartment. And the main idea behind this was, of course, for her to be able to earn uh, enough money to buy her own accommodation. Are you happy to tell me, Victoria, how much you're being paid for this? Yes, of course, I'm happy to share this information. So there are different stages. So the first stage was signing the agreement and I was paid 100 US dollars. For an embryo transfer, I was paid 200 US dollars. Each month of pregnancy, I am being paid 300 US dollars. And there's a final compensation which comes after delivery, which is 14,000 US dollars. That means Victoria's getting about $17,000 in total, around £13,500, so long as everything goes well. And is this the first time you've carried for another couple? Yes, this is the first time. How have you found the experience? Victoria is saying that everything went well. I mean, she hasn't experienced any troubles throughout the whole time and she actually thinks that she will return for the second time. Did you worry about what would happen if you got pregnant with more than one baby or if you had a miscarriage? Did you have concerns along the way? Well, Victoria, she herself wanted to have two embryos transferred. So she didn't have any problems if it was to be a twin pregnancy, for example. And she didn't have any anxious feelings because she knew exactly what was happening at what stage. And it was clear, you know, what this kind of process entailed. Why did she want to have two embryos transferred? To increase the chances of pregnancy. Yes, because ultimately you only get the kind of big payment if the pregnancy is successful, don't you? Yes. I mean, if there are, of course, any breakdowns in the pregnancy, you know, for example, if there's a miscarriage, if something goes wrong, there's still compensations paid out to the surrogate. But of course, they're not as major as the final compensation. Let's talk about COVID-19 now. Victoria, what was it like for you as somebody who was pregnant with somebody else's child when you saw how the world was changing because of this virus? 
So the main worry that all of us surrogate mothers had was what would happen if you know, we were to give birth and then who would look after these kids if the intended parents were not there. So this is the main worry. And what would happen if the intended parents weren't there? I think it's a question for me. So before the situation with coronavirus, all our births, Uh, would take place at maternity hospital number one in Kiev, which is a public maternity hospital. Since the lockdown, you know, they've, of course, enforced strict quarantine measures, which do not allow any visitors. No one from the outside can come in. So ultimately, that would mean that if a surrogate was to give birth to the baby at that maternity hospital, the only person who could look after the child would be the surrogate. Mm. So, of course, we were against this because it, you know, kind of breaks down the boundary. The whole process is that once the surrogate gives birth to a baby, she doesn't get to hold the child or there's no breastfeeding or anything like that involved. And this is to ensure the interests of both parties, the surrogate mothers as well as the intended parents. This is as far as it goes. They've looked after the baby for nine months and then once they're born, it's the intended parent's job. Mm. So we quickly switched our strategy and all our births in the lockdown have taken place at a private maternity hospital. Mm. And private maternity hospitals are more flexible in how they, they allow people in. If they've done the COVID test and it's negative or if they can show an X-ray, the chest, and it, you know there's no signs of any problems there, the intended parents can stay at the maternity hospital. So in this sense, All our births that took place in the coronavirus, the intended parents were there and be able to look after the kids once they Mm. were born. Obviously, being pregnant is a period of great uncertainty at the best of times. I wonder, Victoria, how you feel being pregnant in these circumstances. Is it an anxious time for you? Yeah, of course, it's a period of great uncertainty, especially with the virus. And of course, you know, Victoria is saying that not only her, but all other pregnant surrogates at this stage, they worry, they check the news constantly, you know, what, what's happening, what are the changes introduced by the Ministry of Health and so on. But she is 37 weeks pregnant now, and her delivery is impending, it's going to happen soon. So there's there's only as much as you can worry. The, mm-hmm. the birth will take place soon, and she's sure that the medical team at the maternity hospital is good. She's sure that the clinic that we're looking after her there, the doctors there are good, and she knows that they ask the agency will do everything in our power to look after her, the surrogate, as well as the born, the baby born. Is there anything that Victoria would like to say that I haven't asked her already? Um, maybe Victoria is saying that she could talk about the biological parents of the baby. Please, go ahead. So Victoria right now is pregnant with a baby girl for intended parents from Denmark. Mm. They kept in contact from the very beginning of the of this whole process. They were exchanging videos and photos from the very beginning and sending this to each other. Judging by how these intended parents, how they are, you know, how much this is a, a big thing for them, how long they've been waiting for this, Victoria is very excited that she's able to be that person who can help them. And she feels sorry for the fact that they can't do this on their own.
І надальше після програми, я думаю, ми все-таки будемо спілкуватися. And Victoria hopes and thinks that after she is given birth and they have their baby girl, they will still keep in touch. Actually, I just wanted to help. A lot of people are probably uh, wondering what's going on and what we are feeling, the people yes. who's going to go and get our baby. Victoria and Olga put me in touch with the biological mother of the baby girl Victoria is carrying. She's 48. She agreed to talk to me but doesn't want us to use her name. She's Danish and commercial surrogacy is illegal in Denmark. There's been so much negative Uh, talk about this and of course there's been a lot of negative talk because um, the world have seen the pictures of all the babies lying there and if Mm. that had been my daughter I would probably I I think I would have uh, paid for having a private nurse and an apartment over there and stuff Mm. like that I wouldn't have my baby lying there so you know it's it's just been a very difficult situation but the clinic I'm with I don't think they've had any problems We're speaking the day before Ukraine is due to reopen its border to foreign nationals. But there's no guarantee she'll be there for her daughter's birth. Like all parents who choose to make a family this way, it's already been a difficult journey for her, even before COVID-19 hit. Our story is long. We've been trying to have a baby for 10 years. When I was 26, I had an IUD and she put it up wrong and she actually, by mistake, ruined my possibility of ever being pregnant naturally. And then we've been through 18 IVF tries, and my body just couldn't do it anymore. So, Well, in, not just physically, but emotionally, that must be very Oh, difficult. it has been a roller coaster. And my eggs were really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything was perfect. It just, they just wouldn't stuck. And I, they, they wouldn't, I think that my body just stressed over it because... When you have embryos, you think, you know, you're pregnant, actually. You just have to make them, you know, grow. And I think that my body just couldn't do it. Wow. I can't imagine what 18 rounds of IVF. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's been crazy. So, and yeah. So uh, I met a Danish man and he has, there's an organization. It's actually Swedish and it's called Tamus. And they're actually helping because in Sweden, It's legal to help with all the uh, information and finding the right surrogate in the clinic and stuff like that in Ukraine. So we went through them and they helped us. Why did you choose Ukraine? Actually, we we looked at in Tamus, they only have Ukraine, I think, and Bulgaria and the States. Mm. And I've lived in the States. You'll probably hear that a little bit on my accent. I lived there for four years and it's just, you know, from Denmark, it's very far. And mm. Ukraine is only two hours and 15 minutes. So I actually just wanted to make it easier for us to go there if there was complications and stuff like that. Around 2,000 babies are born to Ukrainian surrogates each year. Ukraine is particularly popular for European intended parents. And it's actually cheaper too. In Denmark, you have to pay over a million kroner for having a surrogate mom in the United States. Are you happy to share how much you've paid? Yeah, for, yeah. For I think surrogacy? it's around half of it. So I think in the end, it's probably like 450 or... Around 450,000 kroner. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
maybe 500 when you're done because you have to pay for flights and hotel and everything and staying over there for four to six weeks. And so there it's expensive. This is about 54,000 pounds going up to around 60,000 pounds when everything is taken into account. It's more than four times what Victoria is going to be paid for carrying the baby. It's very expensive. Tell me about your surrogate. Oh, oh my God, it's been so great. But actually, that's the help of the clinic too, because in the clinic, they have people who are hired just to take care of the surrogates. And Anna, who's been our help, like the agent over there, has been so helpful with uh, the contact between me and Victoria. And it's just been amazing because uh, I think for her and for us, it's just, you know, knowing that she is taking care of our daughter's name is going to be Sally and uh, taking care of her. And she loves getting videos from from us during Christmas. And she knows everything about us. And she's really nice. We know that she wants to um, spend the money on a house for her two boys. And I'm actually just really happy that we can help her, too, because in Ukraine, they're really poor. They don't mm. make that much money. And she she didn't have a job when this happened. Mm. So I hope that we can both help each other in a way. Let's talk about the extraordinary circumstances the world is in right yeah. now. When did it first occur to you that your plans might be affected by coronavirus? I think that already in like April or something like that, we started looking at what we were going to do if we couldn't go. Victoria's due date is July 1st, so we knew that there was time, but we didn't think we were going to be able to fly. So mm. we were planning to drive over there. Um, From Denmark? Yeah. How but long then would we, that take? That 20 hours. And then, you know, we had to go through Germany and Poland. So we had to talk to the embassies and get permission and stuff like that. What do you think is going to happen with Sally's birth? Do you think you will be there? Oh, yeah. I just checked right now and they started flying and we got permission to go into Ukraine. Yeah, everything is okay. We were just blessed that she was not due until July 1st. And we were just, you know, oh, my God. There's been a lot of bumps on the road for us through this. And I think for all Sergei old parents who's trying to get pregnant with IVF or whatever, it's really hard. It's hard emotionally. And I don't think that I'm actually going to believe that it's happening until I have her in my arms. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot from the UK, Germany, France, Italy, Denmark, the Netherlands, Ireland. My name is Richard Vaughn, and I am a partner and founding partner of International Fertility Law Group, a law firm based in Los Angeles. Israel, China, Singapore, Japan, Australia. Completely across the globe, <laughs> yes. totally international clientele. Yes. I have a New York office that I actually haven't been able to go to for the last three months. While Ukraine is fast emerging as the preferred destination for Europeans looking for cut-price commercial surrogacy, California remains the international capital of the industry. I wanted to ask Richard about whether the logistical challenges posed by the pandemic exposed bigger issues with international commercial surrogacy. So I am helping people form their families through all forms of assisted reproduction, including egg donation and surrogacy primarily. We work with people from all over the world who are coming to the US. And do you work with a lot of British intended parents? We do indeed. Is there a typical client from Britain? No, no, I would say we've represented every client on the spectrum of clients from the UK. So they've been single men, single women, same-sex couples, uh, heterosexual couples, married, unmarried, you know, basically you name it. Tell me how this has affected your clients. I mean, we've been emailing and you said you've helped 48 parents from 22 different countries get to the US. How did that work? What did that entail? Well, since we have a large international clientele anyway, this was bound to happen. We first had to assess where our clients were coming from when the birth was occurring. Those were the two important pieces. I actually went back to count my cases again, and it's actually been 24 countries since March. First, you have to assess if the country is subject to a travel ban, and if so, plan on preparing about three months in advance. And so we will reach out to these clients and schedule an interview with them to talk about their particular situation and start you know, building their file so that we can then apply to their local consulate or embassy for permission to travel. And was that difficult, getting permission to travel? Well, I'm, I'm happy to report that every single client that we have submitted an application for, we have been able to get them here. So we've been successful, but it's been a, a long and involved process. The laws that you're working with are very different from the laws that we have in the UK, aren't they? Yes, yes. The law here is very supportive of commercialized gestational surrogacy, whereas in the UK, that's not allowed, although altruistic surrogacy is allowed in the UK. What do you think about the way we do things here? <laughs> Coming from a very progressive part of the world where surrogacy is, is supported and procreative rights are honored and celebrated, I feel like the UK is a little bit behind, but I know that there's a lot of work being done to catch up to modern times. So it's a case of us catching up and that one day we will embrace the same kind of liberal laws that you have? Yes, yes, I think that's the hope. I mean, as, as it is often the case, the law is always trying to catch up to the science and technology. Through Ukrainian and Californian eyes, 
Our surrogacy laws, which are there to ensure women's bodies don't become commodities, seem behind the times and present a lucrative opportunity. The pandemic has shown the limitations of the international commercial surrogacy business model. But while fertility rates decline and the definition of family becomes broader than ever before, the demand for it is not going away. The Danish mother we spoke to in this episode has made it to Ukraine. She is with Victoria and waiting with her for the birth of her daughter. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Jenny Kleeman. The producers today were Poppy Damon, Asya Fuchs and Leona Hamid. The sound design was by Carla Patella. The music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you'll definitely enjoy listening to my breakfast programme with Luke Jones on Times Radio, which launches next Monday on the 29th of June. Join us as we talk to special guests about everything you need to know for the day ahead. Listen to our breakfast show for free on DAB Radio, your smart speaker, online at times.radio and via our Times Radio app. You can hear me every Friday to Sunday, 6am to 10am. Know your times. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.